2: Howdy folks, Nathan here with a special guest, Nathan. That's right, it's the name's so good you had to hear it twice. This is Nathan Heffel, he is one of the hosts, and I believe even more, from Colorado Public Radio, CPR, but he's here for a special reason, and that special reason is a Land Rover addiction. Yes, that's what this podcast is about, Land Rover addiction. How unhealthy is it, and why, <laughs> why do we put ourselves through it? So... Without any further ado, please tell everybody what you do, who you are, all that, because I, I don't think I can do it any justice.
0: Oh well, come on, it's it's good to, good to be here. Uh, Nathan Heffel, I host All Things Considered on Colorado Public Radio. I've been in radio for my goodness now over ten years. Started way back at KYGO FM in uh, in Denver, the country radio station. Yeah, imagine me with a cowboy hat on. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. And uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it was a sight. Uh, yeah, I've been doing public radio now for for most of my radio career and and having a good time and.
2: And yeah. I met Nathan, uh, wow, 10, 12 years ago, yeah. maybe? Um, I was vice president of the uh, Rocky Mountain Automotive Press Association, and you became a member. That's right. And you were very, very fond of the idea of driving different vehicles and everything yep. else. So you really are a car guy right off the bat. And. Um, of course, right when I met him, it's like you are a Nathan, not a Nathaniel, right? right? Yes. Yeah, we don't we don't talk to those Nathaniels. Yeah,
0: do not call me Nathaniel. That is not okay. <laughs> That's not okay.
2: So anyway, we hit it off, and uh since then we both, you know, have grown in our different fields. I guess you could say. But there was one thing that I kept coming back to is that every once in a while, when I would see him, like, hey, how you doing? Why you driving? Driving a Land Rover? Oh, okay. And then you know, a couple of years apart, hey, what are you Land Rover? What? Yeah. And he kept coming back to that, and it, it, it stuck in the back of my head. So, recently at TFL, uh, Alex and Case, our boys, our new guys, our, they're the multiplayer, fantastic staff members here. They both bought Land Rovers. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Tommy's owned a few, he has one now. Roman's owned a few, he just bought a 2017. Uh, Range Rover, one of those stretched wheelbase, ridiculously, you know, capable and also expensive to fix. And yeah. probably won't last more than a year. But <laughs> we're, we're waiting to see. Actually, the whole point of this is to see, right? Um, and it's it's obviously an addiction, and it's growing here at TFL. And so I b- wanted to bring in somebody from a different background who's got the same bug and I wanted to figure out why and now for those of you who are listening for those of you who are watching um, behind me the opening screen is my former Land Rover Discovery it was a 96 um, very early model one of the few in the United States that have a manual transmission there were only a handful like a couple thousand that yeah. were sold here with that uh, I adored it my wife hated it it leaked everywhere it was not that reliable although ironically it fixed itself more than once. Oh, oh yeah, it stranded me once, and I was like really upset. The electronics all went out. It jumped back in, and about ten minutes later, and it fired right back up as, <laughs> as if nothing happened. Um, and it had leaks and some issues. It's ironic because given that it's got a British background and it leaks, <laughs> I worry about <laughs> British submarines. Right. <laughs> so um, I, I had this addiction early on. In fact, this was one of the vehicles I owned when I first started working with Roman. Okay. Right. So. That that kind of – I just wanted to get all of that back. And then now I want to go um, into a quick brief history of uh, Land Rover that you may not have known. Um, you know a little bit, obviously, about some of the past. 100%. Know, Post-World yeah. War II, you know, they, they yep. built this thing. Well, actually, they're, they're if you go back even further, they go back to the 1800s uh, with sewing machines and then bicycles. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of that led to – what eventually became this company that built these vehicles and the early Land Rovers, which essentially are very similar to physically, if you look at them, what today's Defender looks like. You know, they they, they definitely have uh, you know certain physical qualities that are similar, very yeah. boxy. Yep. But they were initially built to be basically farmers. In fact, a uh, farmer vehicle. They were called the farmer's best friend. Yeah. That was like the marketing. Um. And here we are driving these things now, and now they're posh, luxurious, very capable, and Scary when you have to take them in, even for an oil change. <laughs> yes. So now I wanted to go and, and try. And this is where yours is your turn. Yeah. Uh, tell us about your first uh, Land Rover and um, wh- why did you buy it? I believe yeah. it's here. It is yeah
0: picture right here. So it was a 1998 mm-hmm. Land Rover Discovery LSE, and that was distinguishable because you had the chrome bumper in the front. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and then you had chrome door handles. So the door handles you had were black, and you could kind of pull. Them.
2: Mine was the base model, right?
0: So I, I had the Chrome on there, and then the LSE because uh. there weren't many of those. It was for a anniversary edition or something ah, okay. on there. And uh, I was looking for an SUV way back years ago, and I was like, "Well, there is the you know Mercury Mountaineer. You know, those in my budget, right? right? I'm like, it's a little nicer than a Ford Explorer. It's, right. gonna, it's all right. And then next to it, for just a couple thousand more, was was this one at at a, at a you know used car lot. And I was like, can I test it? And it just, you felt different in it. Yes. You felt like no one else had one. It was really cool and they'd cleaned it up really nice and it was right in my price range. You know, it wasn't expensive. I mean, at the time it was not that bad. And uh, yeah, so we, we bought it and uh, uh, you know, they, they sold us the extended warranty. ah uh, ha, ha that's a problem for them. I don't think they do that anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, they sold us the extended warranty, which we use multiple times for a new engine, uh, wow. new subwoofer, new moonroof. Uh, <laughs> you know, the list goes on and on. So for me, I didn't get all the, the uh, you know, out-of-pocket expenses mm-hmm. with this one because I just said, hey, it's on, you know, the dealership.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, so did you buy this in the state of Colorado? Did you buy nope, this? No, this is a DC car. Ah, from DC, that's yep. right. So, very good Colorado car. You gotta admit, yeah. gonna, you bring it, and this picture was actually taken in Colorado. That's right. I believe the day you arrived. The day, back in 2006, yeah. For those of you who are listening, the picture is from, is this Pass? No, this is actually up in Evergreen. This is Evergreen, uh, okay. yep. yep. And Evergreen, Colorado is in the mountains. It really is the Rockies, and it's it a lot of snow. And so here he is um, on a snowy road uh, hanging out, and um, you can see the front end of the vehicle. You can see a roof rack on yep, there with some right. luggage. Yep. And uh, it's – it's these are really cool-looking vehicles. It's in its element. It really, it really is. is. It's just – it it works, Yeah, right? Um, and I think that already that's the beginning of the problem. They're always good-looking, or they're, they're fetching, right? So – that can be an issue. Now, how long did you keep this vehicle? Uh from my goodness, good like five years or so. It was it was we had it for a while. Okay, don't ask me those questions. I don't you know. I'm a journalist. I don't I don't keep track of <laughs> I mean, dates. What are yeah, you talking no, who about? Needs facts anyway. You're just you know, we just get yeah, gloss over. Um, yeah. So this vehicle gave way to another one. You didn't learn your lesson. No, I didn't. And I believe that is goes it goes to this one. Now, this is a fascinating picture because this is uh, Moab, Utah. That's right. Yep. Um, and You've actually been to Moab more than once. Yeah. This is a really important thing. Now, for those of you, once again, who are listening, uh, there's a picture of uh, Nathan next to a ninety. This is a two thousand three. Two thousand three. It's really hard to tell from the side. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but this is this is the the second generation, essentially, of yep. the uh, Land Rover Discovery, far more advanced, better driving vehicle, and when everything worked. They were astonishing because they were so much better on the road, right. and you know they were much more comfortable and everything else. Uh, larger vehicle too. Yeah. Um, and you took it to Moab, mm-hmm. and um, this is around the time I think you and I had already met. Yeah. But. This was before TFL started going to Moab monthly because that's basically what our average is. Mm -hmm. So, what brought you to Moab? So,
0: this, I mean, I've always loved off roading, overlanding. I Mm -hmm. called it, you know, it was off roading before it was overlanding, right? I was kind of doing it before.
2: It was called camping. (laughs) Right, exactly. Camping. Yeah, and
0: there's other pictures I sent you of me camping with this thing. So, this I bought in Colorado. So, this was my first Colorado car 2003 uh, Land Rover Discovery SE. Uh, with the second gen facelift, So it had like the circle headlights that were a little bit cooler yeah, yeah. Uh, than the squares, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then uh, the reason I went to Moab just because it was like, it was the West for me, right? You know, I, I grew up in Wisconsin and lived on the East Coast for a while. And coming back here, it was like, well, I got to go to the West, right? Yes. And Colorado is the West for so many. I just said, let's go farther, right? Yeah. And so uh, we did Canyonlands, arches, uh, you know, the back roads getting up to, to Canyonlands. There's a like a shelf road you go up, and it's definitely a, you know, a four by four
2: vehicle road. So yeah. And he probably had no problem. No, I'm, not I'm yeah, Even with street tires, it looks like you yeah, yep. just. Psh, no, no problem Never had all. a problem. Yeah. These are fascinating vehicles because they brought in a lot of electronics that just didn't exist before. As a matter of fact, when you're off-roading in these and when it's working right, um, the system that actually stops the wheels from spinning and everything else grabs the wheels by the brakes and then forces torque to the wheel that actually has traction. Well, that is now being used on almost every crossover that's out there, right. but it was pioneered By Land Rover. And so this thing really was, in terms of a technological leap, it was
0: huge.
2: But a lot of people kind of like, oh yeah, that's right. It was really unreliable, and they were kind of sort of unreliable. Did you have problems with it?
0: I did, yes. Yeah. So I lost a fuel pump on this thing. Uh-huh. I've lost a couple other. You know, there was like engine issues. I think it went. You know, like we lost some of the power with that. <laughs> oh. Took it up Mount Evans uh, a couple years after this, and it uh-huh. and it didn't make it up. It oh, just no. kept, it kept dying. I something with the fuel pump wasn't getting the oxygen. Mm-hmm. Something didn't get what it needed. Right. And I was so embarrassed. My mom was out here. My <laughs> sister was out here. I was like, let's take the rover to like you know Mount Evans, and it right. wouldn't make it up there. Oh. It was embarrassing, and at that time they didn't sell me the uh, the, the the thing, <laughs> yeah. the, the warranty So I had to pay that out of
2: pocket. Yeah, and we got rid of that uh, shortly. <laughs> I after. would imagine that probably did it. Yeah. Okay, so now now we're moving along a little bit. Now Nathan's in his element. He's starting to make a little bit more money, and he's able to actually go and look at a little bit, slightly more modern vehicles. I would say that are, I believe, brand new. Did you buy this one new? Uh, No, this was used as well. Um, But Uh, it was the second car. This was my like a second driver.
0: Ah, got you. Okay. So uh, what you're seeing is the 2015 Land Rover LR2. SC four door, which is kind of their smallest compact mm-hmm. SUV at the time, like the Freelander, I think it was called prior to this. Yeah, the Freelander was yeah.
2: was oh what a mistake that was. But this <laughs> this was this made up for a lot of it, and yeah. they were okay. No, um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it. Um, I remember driving one of those through a snowstorm. We had a pretty severe one, and uh, you know the automaker gave us one of these, and I was just driving it around at the time, and I was passing vehicles that were off on the shoulder and other vehicles that were beached, and this thing just kept on going. It was yeah. actually really good in the snow. Um, what did you think of it?
0: Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was just enough Rover for what we needed. It wasn't the main vehicle. You know, we had, we had another car at the time, mm-hmm. and, and this was kind of like, let's take it for fun. So this is up in Newcastle, Colorado, above on kind of like a, a like an off-road, you know, transfer trail, and uh, with dispersed camping, and had a great time with it. You know, and it had the big, actually the big thick wheels. It wasn't, these were off-road wheels. They weren't a standard car.
2: Right, right. Um, this which
0: the previous owner probably put
2: in, put on, you know, after. Which is something Roman's trying to do with this rover that he has, uh, that, which is proving to be hysterical because it comes with these giant 22-inch wheels yeah, or whatever, right. or 21-inch. And the brakes are so huge that you can't really get much of a smaller wheel, hence you can't get a very fat tire on right. it. So he's already struggling with that. I, I think it's hilarious. I love watching from the side <laughs> um let's continue so yeah, um yeah. all right, so now you have this vehicle, and these are this is a really good Denver car, it I is. would say it's yep, a good Denver car, not as rugged as the other ones, I would say but at the same yeah. time it's something that you know kind of works along two different you know angles yeah. in family vehicle and also can be a light off-roader. How long did you keep this
0: one? Uh this one was about 3 years give okay. or take. Yeah. And then with this one cuz it had the same components. It had the same off-roading components yeah. in terms of like so in snow and ice and we were living in Glenwood Springs at the time so you're going through the canyons people you know you can just cruise through those with the snow and the rain and all that crazy stuff and mm-hmm. then it still looked good, you know, pulling up to a hotel, right? Right, yeah, exactly. And that's what Land Rover is all about. You could take it off-road, then pull it in front of this, you know, four-star restaurant, which I do. (laughs) And, you know, it's always parked up front, you know, which I like.
2: Yeah, and and I think for a while they lost the plot a little bit because everything started looking like an older one, and they just – they weren't really refreshing. This was a new design at the time, right? But then they kind of kept this, and – Shrunk it, grew it, changed a little bit, but it really didn't change a lot. And then, you know, progressively, they finally started realizing, hmm, we've lost something here and we need to bring back. And this is going to be the main, the crux of this whole podcast. Yeah. We need to bring back the Defender. Right. And we need to make it to where it is as comfortable as one of these. So yeah. basically, you could drive it as a daily vehicle. And at the same time, you can go and really do some off roading. And Honestly, when I first heard about it, I was excited when I saw the some of the images, but I kept thinking, "Oh no, I don't know if this is a great idea." Roman was so excited that we were one of the first in the United States to order one. Yeah, and that didn't go well. But it let me did not let me well. show you what I'm talking about uh, now. For those of you who are wondering, I am referring to the new Land Rover. Defender. Now, the Defender. There she is. Uh, yeah. That's. Yeah. I like the color combination too with yeah. the, with the two different tones. Yep. Uh, Nathan's uh, Land Rover Defender that we're looking at here is it's like an off silver and it has a black roof and then there's a black uh, paint that kind of goes from the bumper all the way and wraps around the vehicle on the lower end. Um, tasteful, simple, and black wheels go with it. The whole thing works. Yeah. The design is fantastic. It really things. is. And they had the 90, which I love. I'm in love with the 90. Once again, I brought one. <laughs> Boy, my wife got mad. Because um, <laughs> well, at the time, I just bought this little mini like, pickup truck thing. And sure. she, she already dealt with that. And I'm just like, why are you bringing this? I said, honey, just, just look. Just look. She fell in love with the interior. Absolutely adored it. Uh, did not like the back door. And didn't like the fact that it was a two-door. Right. Uh-huh. It's like, well, guess what? There's a four-door. There's a four-door. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. Um, maybe maybe in the future, we'll see. I want to see what the long-term, uh, because this thing has only been on the road for a couple of years. that's right. And I want to see what the long-term reliability actually is with one of these, once they get the kinks out. Yeah. So let me tell everybody what um, what happened to us. For those of you who don't know, uh, TFL bought a, uh, this is the 110. And the 110 now is sort of the middle model. Well, it's mm-hmm. not sort of. It is the middle model. It's the 90. There's the 110. There's the 130. The 130 is the largest. S- similar to what they used to build in the past. The 90 back in the day when they were actually truck-based, proper SUVs as opposed to these, basically a crossover that can do off-roading. Um, they had the 90, the 110, and 130. And there were some other versions as well. There's a like pickup truck version right. and whatnot. Anyway, uh, so we bought the 110 right when it came out. We got it with the four-cylinder turbocharged engine, and we got it with as, almost the base model, but just like one step above. We even got the fake steel wheels. Yeah, the like, steelies. Yeah. They look really cool, but <laughs> they're not actually steel. Oh, which is, I didn't know that. No, they're aluminum. Oh. <laughs> I know. I, I had no clue. But yeah. the, the cool thing about them is that there's they give you the most rubber, so that way you can air down and you can do some things off-road with them. Um and and that broke immediately. We we had it for a very short amount of time. Uh, there were engine issues. There were electronic issues. It was a nightmare. So uh, Land Rover, um, and the story goes that they, without knowing that we were TFL, were immediate with, like, you know, yes, 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 of course, we'll fix everything. Once they found out we were TFL, we got a different vehicle very quickly. Yeah. And the one we got was a six-cylinder, which is probably what you have. That's right. Right. Yep. And it has the mild hybrid system That's right. in it. Okay. Yep. Um, that one was fine until we brought it to Land Rover and we wanted a winch put on it and a, yeah, a dealer-installed yeah. winch because we were going to actually use it. Right. And that destroyed the vehicle. It wasn't, it wasn't Land Rover's fault per se. It was the dealership. They just weren't connecting. They weren't able to talk. And unfortunately, it was so early in the production that they just didn't quite understand how to make these things work. So wow. it didn't happen. That vehicle basically was a write-off. So we were on to our third vehicle. Now, here's the good news. The third one, which is very similar to yours. Uh, do you have the third row in yours? Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, we did have the third row in ours as well. And that was the six-cylinder. It was blue. It was great. We took it to Moab. Okay. We, uh, Tommy took it on a cross-country trip. We put thousands of miles on it. Not a problem. The only issue ha- was we took it off-road to Red Cone. Okay. Red Cone is extremely challenging, especially on tires. <laughs> we didn't just cut down one tire. We cut down two tires. That, this is, is, right a gr- th- that is a
0: great video, by the way. <laughs> I, I've watched that a few it's times. It's popular.
2: Well, I, and I had the best job of all because I was in a Jeep. It was a 4 e right when they came out. And yeah. the Bronco had just come out. This is just when we bought our Bronco. And so we were using this vehicle as well because we wanted to compare and contrast all these different popular off-road vehicles. And I'm cruising along. I've got no problems. I, 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 half the time I'm in electric mode just cruising and listening to my rock and roll music, right? And I can hear Tommy. And Tommy usually has a very clean mouth. And I can hear him cussing from half a mile away and screaming off camera and on camera because he first cuts down one tire. Slices the sidewall because there's 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 no sidewall. These these tires that right. they come with, and this is the part that's astonishing to me, they're just they're street tires, and in addition they're on massive wheels. They're huge, so not built for off roading. Even though the system in it works great, right? Right. So Tommy cuts down one tire, goes out, replaces it, gets back in. I swear to God, 50 feet later, cuts down another that's tire. another one. And that's yep. when he lost it. <laughs> so anyway, that was, we, we learned a valuable lesson there about you know, tires and everything else. And it looks like you have the smaller wheels on yours. And that was yours. specifically, I think that's a 19,
0: uh-huh. if that's right. That's the lowest we that could is go. The, yes. And we did. And those are the off-road tires. I mean, they're off-road-ish. I mean, they're Land Rover's version of an off-road tire, which again isn't amazing, but it
2: they do oh, it's really well. Far better than having the, on-road. Yeah yeah. the, yeah, the yeah, on-road. yeah. yeah. Which basically paints on the rubber and everything else. Now right. there's a purpose to that, which is they feel that people want that. People want the big wheels and they, you know, they don't go off-road that often. So putting on street tires and everything else is normally what they would do. But I think because of all the feedback they're getting they're like oh okay maybe we should actually have this more available because only a few trims allow right those wheels so here's the bizarre part Land Rover for some strange reason doesn't offer the smaller wheels on all these different packages you have to get a specific package not the top uh to get this and it's just it's weird to me I really wish they would be able to do a 16 but they can't and it's a simple reason the brakes are too big Interesting. That's the only reason. Yeah. In order to get that, and we know somebody who did. Yeah. They had to completely remove the brakes. Oh my gosh. Replace them with yeah. aftermarket smaller ones. Change a whole bunch of other components in order to make smaller wheels fit, so they could get larger tires and all right. that stuff. Insane stuff. So tell me, uh, this also this looks a little bit Moabish. As well. Yeah. This is Bryce Canyon. Bryce so this Canyon is Utah. Oh, yeah, Utah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: So this is a glamping spot in Bryce Canyon. Oh yeah, I can see the geo yeah, yeah, yeah. dome thing there. Very cool place. Uh, Yeah, this is so. It's the X Dynamic SE uh, 110, Mm -hmm. um, and it is. I designed it. I mean, I've always wanted a Defender, like my since I was a kid. And so when these came out, we ordered it back in 2021. Ordered it because it was pandemic, right? Right, right. So like, there was no going down to the dealership. So we we ordered that, and I I specifically asked for every single option that I could to make it as off road capable as I could afford, and that they offered um because you can't get the you know there was like a V8 engine but you couldn't get the engine with the, the with wheels. the tires yes. exactly so we had to pull those off um you know heated windshields all the good stuff the you know you couldn't get the washers for the for the the headlights without a certain option That's that was not right. available and so we were working with Land Rover in Glenwood Springs Roaring Fork mm-hmm. and we were just sitting with them for like a couple hours just trying to go through being like, well I want this but you can't get that because they don't offer that with that you know, and, and I you know they were very much like, "We can make this however you want it, but you have to give up certain things to make it what you want mm. and so it, you know but it's it's the most offered capable that we could afford and also that we could we could get with the options they offered
2: do you have the steel suspension or do you have the nope, this air is suspension? the air suspension ah, ah, Yep. great so this is that. this is at rest yep then yep. so uh the air suspension works remarkably well mm-hmm. it is a scary thing because you think five years ten years down the line something could go wrong and then suddenly you're sagging which unfortunately does happen to some uh, rover products but the other side of it is uh you can drive it on the street And it will drive like an everyday car, quite nice, actually, Mm -hmm. and a very comfortable ride. Then you can jack it up, and you have the ability to go through about, what, over two feet of water. And, you know, we took basically this vehicle, essentially it's this, off-road in Moab. And one of the things about it was once Roman pumped up the suspension to maximum, he never scraped the front or the rear on any of the obstacles that we normally do, even light scraping. And we've done that with Jeeps left and right, where we minor scraping. Never had that problem because the approach and departure angle right. are incredible once you pump it all the way up. Yep. The one I was looking at building, okay, just, just to do <laughs> um, was gonna have uh, steel springs and the four-cylinder turbo because I did not learn my lesson from our failures. Because I thought, you know, I'll save some money. And the four-cylinder turbo on paper looks really good. And I drove the one that we had. It was like, oh, it had plenty of power. Um, but once again, my wife shot that down and probably saved me. This would probably be the setup that I would look at. Yep. How has it been so far? You've had it for about a year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I really
0: enjoy it. I really, really like it. It had one issue the rear right door, the handle mechanism broke like you know a couple months after we got it they fixed mm. it for free instantly yeah. they were super nice with it. other than that it's been great um pickup uh, in terms of the you know getting on the the interstate is just amazing yeah um, and then the off road capability of it it's, we have the um auto uh, what is it the terrain response too mm-hmm. so it allows you to do auto which is great it basically just push a button and it does it now some people say that it'll take away from like the off-roading experience <laughs> but for for us we are moderate you know off-roaders right right so like we do like a little bit more configuration and there's a configuration button we can do stuff with but this is really great you can just set it and forget it um and that's what they kind of ask you to do at the Land Rover Driving School we went through with with Roaring Fork was just like set it and forget it
2: that's I wanted to ask you about that Mm -hmm. you went through the Land Rover Driving School I did those uh we actually knew a couple of the guys who put it together and one of the instructors I'm blanking on his name now but Roman's good friends with him Mm What did you think of the school, and how did that lead to what you are driving now? Like, did it help you become more confident? A
0: hundred percent. Yeah, even the way, like, you're sitting in your SUV, like, pushing your, you know, your legs Mm -hmm. down so you're not jolting all over the place when you're going over the stuff. Um, You know, they they said, listen for the sound of the engine, and when it's in this sound, like, kind of purring, that's perfect. You know, the stuff that you're never going to think about. That's what they were doing. And that was really cool. And so, and they took us places where like, we can't do that. And they're like, just do it, you know, and they raise your suspension, put your four by four on, you know, lock the differentials, all the good stuff. And you, you know, climb up the mountain slowly, and it's also not ramming it up, right? Obviously, you're not going to ram this thing up anything, right? But, uh, you know, you think you're not. Ramming it, they're like, no, nope, ease off, ease off the gas, Mm -hmm. put the brake on at the same time, doing the double pedals. We learned that—that's something we learned. Um, I'm better at it. Uh, You know, I'm getting better at it Um, because it—it takes time to learn that that
2: balance. Well, every vehicle's different, and especially if you're going up and over a rock, being able to use the proportion of torque. And then remember how much your brakes are actually holding you as mm-hmm. you go up and over it. It takes time, and anybody who says they're an expert on every vehicle they drive is full of it. They're absolutely right. wrong. It, you, but knowing your own vehicle and learning from a school, I always recommend that to every single person I know because a majority of them, even if they think they can go off road, they really—it's just a good idea. Yeah, yeah. There's basics that you can learn that perhaps you didn't know before, and <laughs> you know, I, I, I love being uh, working with instructors. Uh, I work with Nina Barlow often. Nina mm. Barlow is out in Moab, and she's she's a racer. She's a professional. She does all these things, and she has a w- great way of teaching. She's kind of hands off. Mm-hmm. She'll just give you a couple little like you do this, this, and this. You'll be fine. Yep. And it's perfect. It's uh, people in our industry, and uh, they say this about journalists in general. We mm-hmm. tend to have overinflated egos about certain things. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so having someone tell you how to off road when you've been doing it all your life is like, uh but then you learn if you can actually like listen to other people and their constructive criticism. More importantly, if you actually take something away from that, I think that's huge. Yeah. So now you've owned this vehicle for a year, About which a year, for yeah. you isn't very long yet <laughs> because we're still like two and a half to three years before you'll get rid of it, right. it seems like. But no, seriously, where do you want to go with this? What uh, Are you going to hold on to it for a while? That's the plan. I mean, like I said, I
0: invested. You know, you know, off air, I said like I invested so much money into this yeah. thing that I want to keep it for you know quite a long time. And plus, it's you know, it's a, it's a newer vehicle. It's it's you know, hopefully Land Rover's Renaissance where it's not going to break down all the time. Mm. You know, the goal is to to have it for you know seven, eight, nine years. Um, hopefully, maybe my six year old daughter could could maybe have that as her first vehicle. You never know. Um, that's the plan. That would be a hell of a first vehicle, by the That'd way. That'd be the plan.
2: Yeah, um, and you would you consider it a good family car? Yeah,
0: no I would. I it really is. It's so, you know, we have the extra third row seating. It's not going to fit an adult back there, but it fits, you know, my daughter and her friends if they want to hang out back there mm-hmm. and then um, you know, with a
2: car seat too, you can do that. So it's 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 all right. I um I I find these vehicles fascinating and you told me once again off off camera uh, an interesting story about taking this thing way up to where it was frosty. Obviously just this picture for those of you who are listening. Um it, the vehicle is covered in snow and goo. Is the best way to put it. So what happened here?
0: Yeah, this is Monument Valley. In March of this year, uh, we took a road trip around to all the Utah monuments and 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 New Mexico and all that great stuff. And this was off roading. It was foggy. It was snowy. It was icy. And this vehicle, we put it into auto, and it just was wonderful. Raised the suspension. It was great. Other SUVs were sliding off the road left and right. They actually closed it after we started the, the trek. And so we were one of the few vehicles to get through it. Um, and it's great. It was wonderful.
2: Now, talk to me about, you actually went to the Land Rover Driving School. That's right. And this is something that I highly recommend anybody, even people with experience. It's such a good idea because you're not just learning about off-roading, you're learning about your vehicle and how it can off-road. And that is huge because you can only learn so much on YouTube, right? So tell me about, what you experienced, and uh, how that affected uh, the way you treat this vehicle. Right.
0: So there's a couple different ones. I went to one with my local dealership where I used my vehicle, and the other one was where they actually put you in a Land Rover, you know, Whatever it was, you know, Defender or Discovery. And what's cool about that is that they just they, they teach you the stuff you're not going to learn, like you said, from YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it was the double double, you know, steering and or with the, uh, the the feet. Uh, what is that? Yeah, uh, uh, double pedaling. Double pedaling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, double pedaling uh, to give yourself more more control to really work us uh, focus on the torque and to make sure that like you know you're 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 doing these obstacles in a way that's safe and 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 you know steady. Uh, and even just how to like push your yourself into your seat so you're not jolting all around when you're going off roading. Using it, your leg strength to kind of. hundred yeah. percent. Now you're going to be sore afterwards, but yeah. it's not going to have
2: whiplash, you know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And that's what's cool about that. It's the stuff that you just don't think about. Yeah, you know, two pedal driving is one of those things that I did actually learn under school. I believe I learned it from, I, and I'm once again off camera, uh, Nina Barlow, who is a friend of TFL's. She's huge into the Jeep world. She races, and on top of that, she does a lot of training. And early on, uh, learning how to two-pedal over an obstacle, which is essentially you're holding down the brake and you're accelerating, and what you're doing is you're preventing the vehicle from going off the leash. You're adding torque, and so it helps you go up and over a rock or an obstacle, and you're able to really get that torque and dial it in exactly how you want it so you're not bounding around and destroying the vehicle. Now, it's not the same in different vehicles right? right so if you're in a jeep with a regular v6 or a diesel even it's not going to perform the same way this vehicle with its turbocharged engine would perform so learning the individual you know idiosyncrasies of that particular vehicle and how it works up and over the rock that's huge yeah. so i do recommend schools and it sounds like that you you had a very good experience
0: very much so and again other dealership or other you know uh, uh, companies do this as well i know mm-hmm. ford has one up, yep. in, up in moab um so yeah if you have one do it i mean and they're either low-cost or free for for new owners of these vehicles. And so it's it, I wouldn't miss it.
2: Actually, you bring up an interesting point. Ford just announced that they've expanded their school. So they're going to be in four different locations. And I believe you can go, even if you don't own a Ford vehicle, mm. I think it's like 750 bucks, But uh, you are able to bring a whole carload of people, like right. four people. And it's for a half day. And it's full instruction. They provide the vehicle. And if you have a Ford product, I believe a Bronco or a Ranger or a Bronco Sport, then you can actually go to these schools, and after you do the half day, they'll continue and allow you to do the rest of the day free of charge. So look that up. That is on AllTFL.com. I am wearing the shirt for those of you who don't see it, AllTFL.com. And uh, you can also go to uh, TFLCar.com, where we have the story that we just posted on that Thanks for reminding me. Oh, yeah, no problem. Um, Yeah, now it's a Ford commercial. I know some of you guys who are watching like, oh, it's a Land Rover commercial. You guys are just – and I wanted to get to uh, – before we close, there are a lot of negatives about Land Rover ownership, mainly the expense, and also the fact that many of them, if they're not taken care of when you buy them used, they're just going to be so difficult to maintain. They're expensive, and consider this, that most of the components on these vehicles are bespoke. So they're not shared with other automakers, hence they're even more expensive to procure and that makes them more expensive to fix on top of the fact that they're British. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think that, you know, like
0: the big thing is you kind of factor that as a Land Rover lover, you kind of factor that into, you know, the cost of owning the vehicle, the expense of owning the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with this, we have the extended warranty. We've got all the extra bells and whistles for the service stuff, you know, because we don't know what it's going to be in the next, you know, four or five or six years. And, you know, we're pushing it kind of hard, right? We're going to off-roading. We're going to Moab. We're going to Canyonlands. We're going to all these places. Uh, we are planning to do um, other trips. Uh, with this thing as well as an overlander, right? Um, And so knowing what I know about what can break on these, having that relationship with your dealer, right? (laughs) Knowing that being like, hey, I'm taking this vehicle here what do I need to watch out for? What can you check to see if it's okay? And that's very cool. We've done that with uh, with our dealer in Denver. Hey, I'm going to go to this this actual trail, mm-hmm. right? What do I need to look for? Well, do this, this, and this, and here's what we're going to take a look at,
2: and everything's great. And they do that for free, yep. which is great. Yeah, their service, actually, I remember their facility. I, early days when I had mine, I, did, I went to the same place that you go to, mm. um, and I just remember there was a kid who worked there, and he had, I believe, an earlier Defender, um, and it was it was cool because it's kind of like a Jeep, but, you know, it's 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 the proper off-roader. For those of you who are used to being in a very plush Rover product, you won't be very happy being in one of these. No, they're very, the old uh, Defenders. Now, the these Defenders. Oh, they're totally different. Totally different. But the kid and I were talking, and I, I remember reminiscing. This is back in, like, 2003. And I remember saying something to the effect, of, or no, 2006. And I said, um, wouldn't it be great if they brought this back? And it's back. Here it is. I I just think that's so cool. So buy at your own risk. But but as we've already shown, there's something endearing about these vehicles. They uh, call to you. Apparently, they call to my entire crew at TFL (laughs) uh, because pretty much everybody has owned one or does own one right now. So, God, I, I feel like there's a, almost a gun to my head. Like, I have to buy one now. I buy an Join old us. used one. Join us. <laughs> come, Nathan. Come <laughs> yeah. to the dark side. We shall give you a land river. And I just have to convince the wifey-poo, who only allows one project for every couple of years. Mm. And I'm kind of on the lower end of that right now. So, yeah. Kid in school. Another kid in high school. Mortgage. Yeah, I'm going to have to probably wait a little bit. Because if you're going to do this... You probably need to have a little bit of extra money put aside or do what Nathan did with his very first one. And get an extended <laughs> warranty from a used car dealership <laughs> right. that might help. A not smart dealership. Yeah, apparently they learned their lesson. Wow, yeah. They had to replace an engine, man. That's, engine. Yep, that's crazy. Yep. So anyway, uh, any final thoughts uh, before we get going?
0: I, I really think it is. Like I said, you know, we're glutton for punishment, but we know the the bespoke of it. We know the eye catchingness of these this, these these Landovers and and just the history there. I love the fact that you know there's this like number, like the you know a third of the world saw. Their first vehicle was a defender or something like that. Exactly. You know? yes, and, and, yes. and but that means something. And seeing the, you know, the camel races and the and you know, all of those off-roading things and seeing these vehicles just beaten to, to hell, right? And then they still keep going, that's cachet, right? Mm-hmm. That is built into this thing, right? Even though it made you go to the grocery store and back, it's built to do what those older rovers did. And that's what what turns me on so much to keep buying one of these. Well,
2: we would like to know your comments below, so please let us know. Now, I know a lot of you guys are naysayers and like, you know, oh, that's the worst. He's going to end up spending $50,000 to keep it running, whatever. Fine, just go ahead and let us know in the comments below. Please keep it clean. Please. (laughs) But most importantly, we want to hear from owners of the current uh, Rover products that are out there, not just Land Rovers, but Range Rovers. I know that, you know, the company is JLR now or whatever, Um, whatever you want to call it. Let us know what you think about your ownership. And also... Are the kids at TFL absolutely out of their heads for buying all of these Rovers? We're going to be seeing a lot more videos in the very near future. So before we go, uh, one final thing. I wanted to thank everybody who's been sponsoring us, Patreon. Um, Without your support, we couldn't do what we're doing. This studio would not be here. So thank you guys uh, if you're interested in becoming a um, member of the Patreon community and sponsoring us. By the way, if you do then we will answer on video and in the podcast your questions, and you'll get direct answers from us, direct emails, because, frankly, comments, we have thousands. They fall through the cracks quite often. Um, so go to patreon.com slash TFL Car if you want to sponsor us. And, Nathan, thank you so much for being here. It's great to have my yeah, old friend back. definitely. It's and
0: such a, a fangirling here. I don't, I I'm not going to lie. It's, just, it's great. It's,
2: it's cool because he, he likes TFL. He follows us. I, poor guy. And, um, you know, it, where... Can people find
0: you? Yeah, uh, 90.1 FM is the is Colorado Public Radio or anywhere at CPR.org. Uh, and my socials are at Heffelen on Twitter, and you can find me uh, through there with all the other socials.
2: All right, guys, have a wonderful week. Remember, put those comments below. We'll see you next time.